Welcome to the Speckled Truth Podcast. This is the only show dedicated to the conservation of the trophy trout population from the East Coast to the Gulf Coast. Here, we go below the surface to discuss what happens when science and anglers work together for a cause. So gear up with the crew as they talk about all things big speckled trout. Get ready for the slimy, salty truth, better known as the speckled truth. Hey, this is Captain Kyle Johnson with the speckled truth. Uh, I'm going to be hosting this one. I'm here trying to help out Chris again. I really enjoyed interviewing Lowell. I felt like it was a great podcast. We got a lot of good feedback and Chris has been swamped lately. So I'm trying to step in and help him out. Got a really exciting episode. Uh, we're talking to, we're doing things, uh, doing things a little different. I mean, these are, these are trout guys, no doubt, but this is, um, this is something that kind of goes into a lot of different aspects of fishing, not, not just trout. And it's something I don't think is really talked about as much as it should be when it comes to certain scenarios. And we're going to dive into that and we're going to get kind of technical with some things, which is which I love to do, which I know a lot of you know that. But without further ado, we have uh, Bill and Rob from Hook and Bullet Sunglasses. And these are the sunglasses that I personally use now. Uh, I made the switch. Uh, well, man, it's been over a year. It's been almost two years now. And I, I fell in love with them. I, I, I've always been the kind of guy that spends the extra money on stuff that's worth it. And these are definitely worth it. And I was not using cheap sunglasses by any means. I was using what I thought were the best on the market and, until I tried these. And I became a believer real quick. And then the durability blew me away and how well they fit and everything. And we just kind of went from there. And me and Rob kind of developed a friendship and we fish together and we talk all the time and just really excited to uh, have them on. So uh, why don't you say, hey, Rob and Bill. Hey guys, Kyle, really appreciate you having us. Looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, likewise, Kyle. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and to Chris as well. We, uh, we're excited to talk to you tonight. Awesome. Well, uh, same way we get all the podcasts started, uh, I'd like to do just a little, give give our listeners a little bit of a background and, you know, kind of talk as if you're you're talking to somebody that doesn't know anything about where you're from because, you know, we have listeners all over the East Coast, everything. So, uh, just kind of dumb things down, not really dumb things down, but, you know, kind of kind of be a little thorough and just kind of give us a little background uh, about about y'all and, and what got y'all into fishing. And um, we'll start with you, Bill. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Uh, Kyle, I, I've kind of done it all. I've uh, I've done a lot of coastal saltwater fishing from uh, I lived down in West Bay for a long time and uh, was a regular out there and then I fished from there to Laguna Madre in, in uh, Texas and fished in Louisiana uh, some. And in fact, I was born there. And so I spent a little first part of my life there. And then of course I've, uh, I've done a lot of offshore fishing, Rob and I both have, and he'll probably go into that a little bit more, but we worked on a sport fishing boat together back. Uh, well, I don't want to date myself, but a long time ago. And, so we had a, a lot of fun chasing billfish around the around the world, if you will, and and then I've uh, I've done a good deal of freshwater fishing too, both bass and uh, crappie fishing is big now, and and we have some glasses that are playing a big role in that arena. So uh, I've got to do more than that than I've done in the past, and um, that's been pretty exciting to just to get a 
uh, a new target to to chase. So uh, yeah, and I'm I'm going to be re- I'm really excited to talk about that here here later on in this episode uh, because. Like I've said before, and, and a lot of people say, there's so much that we we can learn from the freshwater guys. They're they're light years ahead of us, <laughs> but uh, we're we're gonna talk about that here here in a little bit. But I appreciate you. Uh, I didn't know that about y'all fishing offshore a lot. I don't think me and Rob have, have talked a lot about that. Maybe we have. Maybe I just forgot. But uh, that's really cool. That's that's a totally different world, and really got to be in tune with what's going on. Uh, things are a lot, lot more things are at stake in, in that that style of fishing. But um, all right, Rob, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, pretty much the same story. Grew up in the Houston area, but I spent, um, you know, as a kid, I'd spent every waking hour that I could uh, could find and reach by a bicycle. And that, could, that would be a golf course pond being ran off golf courses in my youth. And anywhere there was water, I was there. But um Started fishing in the Rockport area when I was about nine years old and was taken with uh, offshore fishing, catching things that, you know, big sea monsters as a kid and really having the exposure to uh, uh, to travel as Bill and I did. Covered a lot of territory in the Caribbean and, and uh, fished a lot of the Texas tournaments, billfish tournaments and always had a boat and was always in the water at some point. Spent a lot of time chasing trout in the, in, uh, the Rockport area growing up and down south. Yeah, and I will uh, I will attest to Rob's fishing abilities because he uh, he kind of worked me on a soft dine in Chandelier a while back. <laughs> I think he uh, I think he gave a soft dine clinic that day. <laughs> he, <laughs> he 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 figured out that that's what they wanted, and uh, he was he was smoking them, and we were all scrambling in our box to get us soft. It was a pretty interesting bite. We really had to work for him that two days, but um, they went from. You know, it's, it's really hard for me to take off a corky when they're slamming corkies, but I was getting a couple here and there, and uh, you were just catching them left and right. And same size ones I was catching, it's just I was so hesitant to put that corky up, but I put that soft down on, and they were hitting it way harder than they were hitting that corky. So that was uh, that was fun. But all right, well, let's like roll that. into uh, – well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to tell you I- – uh, I'm used to that getting schooled by Rob. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I know I you're a better you... fisherman, fisherman than me, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I've resigned to the fact that he's he's gonna beat me most days. So <laughs> yeah, man, he's uh, he's he's good, man. That was a that was a fun trip. I really wish you could have made it, but I know you had some family issues going on. Yeah, yeah, I wish I could too. All right, well let's uh let's dive right into the uh the sungra- sunglass world. How did y'all how did y'all end up there and and what made y'all want to start a a sunglass company? I know that had to be a pretty you know pretty big leap, you know, me coming from somebody who had a, a guaranteed paycheck every day and you know, I, I quit my job and, and started guiding full time and I know that had to be a little nerve-wracking starting a sunglass company considering, you know, that's that's a that's a very competitive market and very hard one to break into. So uh, let's, let's hear the story of, of how hook and bullet came about. Yeah. I'll let you Bill know. take that. It's his crazy idea to begin with. <laughs> well, you know, Kyle, it, it was probably a lot of uh, like the same as what you experienced going into a full-time guiding position. We uh, or or initially I, I've been in oil and gas and real estate for for a long time in environmental business, and 
you know, I was sitting there one day and I, I finally decided that I wanted to do something with uh, a crowd of people that I could relate to a little bit better. And that was uh, the people that, that like to hunt and the people that like to fish. And thinking about that, I called Rob up, you know, Rob, Rob and I had been fishing together and, and actually knew each other since childhood. And uh, I called Rob up and I said, you know, this is something that I, I think we could make a run at and it would put us kind of into uh, the crowd of people that we want to run with. And you know, always been a lover of sunglasses, but I called him up and I said, I, I really don't care about the fashion, you know, the, the fashion models walking down the, the runway in New York. What I care about is building the best pair of fishing sunglasses and knowing that some of our competitors were dropping the ball. We saw an opportunity. So, when I called Rob and told him that he said, well, what you want to do is you want to, you want to sell to the hook and bullet crowd. And I said, man, that's it. That, that's exactly what we want to do. And, and so that's, that's kind of where the idea originated. And then it's been a, a long road traveled and we've learned an absolute enormous amount of information about how, how things work and where we could really make an advantage in, in your eyewear so that you could, get a better sight picture onto the, the fish that you're chasing. And so, you know, you know, Kyle is better than anyone. It's, it's not just seeing in the water and seeing a fish having a polarized pair of sunglasses. It's being able to uh, look at grass, look at pockets, look at different things that are going to uh, allow us to have that sight picture enhanced. And through the technology that's available today, that's what we found was that, uh, that you can enhance it. And so, uh, Rob, Rob tells a good story. I'll let you tell that story, Rob, as far as, uh, you know, color science and how we got to this point. Yeah. I mean, the first, first go round, it was a little bit of a me too. We, we found a good frame manufacturer, same one we use today out of Italy and found some, some lenses that were pretty good and, and try to make a run that way. And when we really started digging into it, we figured out that the lenses we were offering essentially were the same as uh, what everybody else was doing. And we wanted to enhance that. We'd learned that there was quite a bit going on on the shooting side of the world in terms of optimizing the sight picture based on the squeezing the colors, muting some, highlighting others, and then uh, uh, manipulating the allowable light. I mean, in the shooting side, there's a company out there that caters to professional shooters, and that's all about quick target acquisition. The difference between shooting 200 clays straight versus 198 means you either move on or you go home. And so it's really important there. And we started looking for other lens manufacturers and start and ran across that other company. And that company makes 72 different lenses based on color present or uh, target presentation, time of day and background. For instance, if you're shooting an orange clay over Arizona, uh, desert at three o'clock in the afternoon, they've got a lens specifically for that, which seems kind of crazy. But here again, if you're chasing a clay target or swinging on a quail, you've got to get on it, see that target and mute all the color noise around it. And then we looked at what they were charging for the glasses. I mean, you could spend anywhere from 400 to $4,000 for a pair of shields. And we went, holy cow, what's this all about? Why are they so special? And we started digging into the technology and Zeiss Optics actually were their lens provider. And so we sat down with Zeiss and said, hey, we see what you're doing over here. 
Number one, does the science transfer? And number two, is anybody else doing it? And they said, yes, the science is there and we can prove it. And number two, nobody's done it. And so that's how we got involved and started Purpose-Built Optics, PBO. You know, it's kind of funny that <clears throat> a lot of the better products out there, uh, and this isn't just for nowadays, this is since the beginning of time, it, it always comes from, you know, somebody who is who is in the field. You know what I mean? It, it's never, you know, somebody sitting in an office that was like, you know what, maybe we need some sunglasses like this. It's, it's, it's things like this, like being out and being there and, and seeing seeing that there is a need for something and, and, and asking, Hey, can we do this? Can we make this better? And that's, uh, that's what I really, really like about y'all. And I just kind of want to, I just kind of want to give the listeners my little story. And, and, and I know people probably think I'm being biased or whatever, but the people that really know me know that I'm not. And, and I'm about to be a hundred percent honest with this story, which Rob mm -hmm. might make, might like it, might not. He's heard the story. I don't know if Bill has, but, um, how I got involved with, with y'all and, and, and with y'all sunglasses was, you know, I had a group of guys come with me and, uh, they're good friends with y'all and they, uh, they left a pair of the sunglasses on my boat and they were, they were like, Hey man, you know, you should try these and see if you like them, this and that. And me being as stubborn as I am, I was like, no, I already have the sunglasses I like, but I don't need new sunglasses. I don't, I don't want some, you know, pop-up brand sunglasses, you know, and, and, and no offense, but you know, that's, that's, that's what I thought. I was, I'd never heard of y'all, you know, y'all are more prominent in Texas. And I was like, this is probably just some, some crap that I'm, I don't want to be a part of. And lo and behold, one day I was just out there at Chandelier, just fun fishing with my buddies. And I, uh, I decided to try them. I just had them in there and I don't even know what made me uh, try them, but the problem I was having with, with my sunglasses and, and I mean, whether I should say the brand or not, I, I'm going to, but I was wearing Smith's Guides Choice. You know, they're expensive and they were great. I absolutely loved them. Had no problems with them as far as functionality, but it was, um, they were not comfortable on my head at all. Uh, and I tried a bunch of different models of Smith's. I really liked the, the Chroma Pop lenses. Uh, they were great for, for my, I had six or seven pairs of them and uh, all different, types of lenses and that's what i really liked i tried coasters before that and just really didn't like the coasters at all i know everybody's got their preference but uh, i didn't like their durability and also didn't like how um, their lenses just didn't really fit my needs and i found that smith really did but my problem was especially when i started you know guiding full time and running trips every day for multiple days was at the end of the day above my ears and the bridge of my nose would be killing me uh, so much that, you know, the ride home in the truck, I, 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 that's the first thing I would do was take my sunglasses off and it drove me crazy. But me being the person I am, uh, I was willing to put up with that for, for the performance to be able to see the edge of the grass lines and see everything that I needed to see. But that was one thing I noticed was wearing y'all's all day was, my face was fine even after multiple days of wearing the Smiths and, and having those pinch points and those, those issues and, and wearing yours all day. And my face felt great. Only problem was I didn't like the lenses, uh, the, the lenses that were, that were in those sunglasses, which were the, uh, the Amber lenses. And, and I, um, 
I think I, I think I reached out to you, right, Rob? I think I reached out to you, and, and I was yeah, like, "Look, yeah, man, my heart." I know. I reached out to you, and I was like, "Look, dude, these are like seriously one of the most comfortable sunglasses I wore, but these lenses just—they're not there." And then we got to talking, and uh, you sent me the 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 slick lenses, and um, it just the the slick lens—it really is the all round lens. It, it is unbelievable and i and i will put it up against anything i i really will and and i have put some time and some hours in on these and in all conditions not just clear water like brown water stained water um and and it was funny because i was wearing them just because i i, I they were more comfortable and i was like okay these slip lenses are, are they're all right but the main reason i was wearing the sunglasses because they were more comfortable and I remember reaching out to you and being like, yeah, you know, I kind of think you need to do this. I kind of think you need to do that. And then you were just like, yeah, uh, I, I appreciate the feedback. And and then one day it was kind of slow fishing and and we were on some flats and water was kind of clear and the, and the grass was, you know, you could really see the gr- grass. And I was like, you know what? I've been trying to give him all this feedback, but I haven't wore those Smiths and like, two months. <laughs> I was like, let me, uh, let me put these on and, and see how they actually compare. And when I put them on and the, the slick lens was blowing the Smiths out of the water, I, I didn't even realize it. I, I like, I just got so used to it, but it was, it was the contrast on, on the, on the grass beds on everything. I mean, just the, and there's something y'all are doing with that lens that I've told you about. It's like you enhance like the greens, like it's the greens are really like really stand out. Like even when you look out in the water and, you know, you see the potholes and, and you see the, the, the sandbars and things like that. I mean, it's like a in your face green. It's almost like a chartreuse. It pops out so hard and it makes that contrast on the edge of those those grass beds and the potholes and everything just really come to light and it was that day and i remember i i you know it's so hard to get pictures with your phone through a sunglass lens trying to compare lenses but i got pictures and and i sent them to you and i was like disregard everything i was saying <laughs> i was like y'all uh y'all uh y'all got it figured out so uh, i was really blown away with these sunglasses and like i said I, I didn't even i told rob i was like look i really like them but i've got to really put them through the paces before i you know refer them to people and things like that and i, I think uh I think it was kind of something that y'all didn't realize it, but with y'all's lenses, they're extremely durable. And that was the other complaint with my Smith. Smiths have a great warranty. You can you can scratch the hell out of the lenses and send them in and they'll just send you new ones. But uh, that gets old doing that every three months, you know, and I still have my first pair of slip lenses that were two years old and I still wear them every day and you know i i dude i'm gonna be honest i didn't really take great care of them i, I wanted to just kind of see how they how they would do you know and i was blown away with with how durable they are what 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 is the difference with y'all's compared to others that they don't scratch so easy you want me to take that one Rob? yeah go ahead yeah so so kyle what what we're doing there's a couple of different things that, that we're doing uh First and foremost, uh, 
we use a lens that's made out of nylon. So it's, it's uh, if, you, if you look at most of our competitors, you have two options. You have a glass lens and a polycarbonate lens. A polycarbonate lens is, um, as Rob affectionately tells everyone, it's like looking through a, a, a water bottle. It's a, it's a very cheap lens, and a lot of people use it because it is cheap and it's easy to get. Uh, it's been around a while and it's durable, but it's, um, it's, just, uh, it's just not – whenever you start talking about curving a lens uh, for the base curve, and I, I won't try, to, try not to go too far down on the technology road, but the, the curvature of a lens, when you bend it, you typically get distortion, and polycarbonate distorts more than other lenses. Uh, the glass lens provides a, a very clear picture, and it's hard to scratch – uh, but the problem with the glass lens is probably what you're experiencing, Kyle, is it's a very heavy lens. And if you're going to wear it for eight or 10 hours a day, you're going to start getting that that uh, compression around the bridge of your nose where the weight of the glass is sitting and you get the in, indentions and, and it's uncomfortable. And after a while, you just want to get out away from it. You want to get out of them. Whereas a nylon lens is a is an extremely light lens, but it's it has a higher clarity rating in a scale they call the AB scale, a higher clarity rating than mineral glass. So it's it's super, super clear, and it's a fraction of the weight. So it's something that you can wear all day long. You go out grind all day long, you know, fishing or driving, whatever you're doing, and it's um, it's comfortable. And it makes it very comfortable. So we, one of the things that we focus on is making a comfortable frame, and then having that that super light lens inside of it that that's crazy clear, and that gives us a you know a little bit better advantage as far as what, you know what's happening when you're wearing it all day long. The other thing that we do is uh, we put it. So when you talk about scratching a lens, typically what you're talking about. It's not scratching the lens. You're scratching a mirror coating on a lens. And a lot of people confuse that and think that, well, glass is going to be great because it's it's a hard lens. It's a hard surface and hard to scratch. But the mirror coating is something that is on top of the glass. And so your mirror coating scratches and you see the scratch, but the lens isn't scratched itself. And so what we do is we put a, a premium hard coating on top of our, our, our lens. So our lens is a multi-layer lens. And so after, one of the things we like to talk about, Kyle, is the, the fashion of the lens is the mirror. The functionality is what takes place behind that. And so once you put that mirror on, whether it's on a nylon lens, polycarbonate, or glass, it can be easy to scratch. So what we do is we put a premium hard coating on top of that, which is analogous to like the gel coating of your car. So can you scratch your car? Can you take a key and go down and scratch your car? Well, well sure you can, but uh, the hard coating, the, the gel coating is there so that you don't scratch it in, in under normal conditions. And that's what we have on that lens is that it's not a gel coat, but it's a hard coat that gives it a, a lot of protection from scratching. So it's, you know, can you scratch it? Yeah, sure, you can scratch it. But is it hard to scratch? Absolutely. It's, that, it's that's kind of what's going on with that. Very lens. hard to scratch. I mean, yeah, I, it I'm, is. I, 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 like I said, you know, I, I'm no stranger to to spending 
a lot of money on a, on a premium product that I know is going to work well for me. And, you know, that's the thing about when you spend a little money on something more, uh, you take better care of it, you know, like you, you, you go look at used BMWs or used Mercedes, they can be pretty old. And a lot of them are in great shape because people took care of it because they paid a lot of money for it, you know, but, um, I, 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 like I said, I'm be honest, that first pair, I, I didn't really, I just wanted to put it through the ringer. You know, I wanted to see how it compared and if it was actually better. And, you know, I didn't really put those in the, uh, in the cases as much as I should. I, I left them hanging in a rear view mirror in my truck for days at a time and the heat, you know, uh, overnight or whatever. And it, um, they, they just, they held up so well. I was, I was very impressed with that. So are y'all the only company that's doing the nylon lenses then? No, there, there's a few other companies that do it. I mean, Zeiss is a big company and they provide sun lenses to uh, a lot of different companies. What, and some, some other companies, you know, of course, Zeiss provides polycarbonate and glass as well. Uh, but there are some other companies that use the nylon technology, but uh, where we separate ourselves is the functionality, what's what's taking place behind the mirror. So as Rob was talking, talking to you about, you know, early on, what we're doing is we're trying to manipulate colors, color technology so that uh, we accentuate certain colors and we we squelch certain colors. And so the idea is not to look at one particular point in the light spectrum as to what we want to manipulate is to look at all of it. So we take different environments. And the idea was it started with Rob and I talking, saying, you know, if, if we're pitching baits to a blue marlin 100 miles offshore, or we're, we're chasing big gator trout, uh, you know, and on the on a grass bed, do we need the same lens? And once we started looking at that and we started looking at ways to manipulate the technology that was available today, we found out that we can make a difference and that we can make a lens that perform better offshore. We can make a lens that perform better inshore. And then, of course, the freshwater guys, we can make lenses that uh, make a, a bass on a bed pop. And so that that's where we're trying to really differentiate ourselves is the, the technology that's taking place on the backside of the mirror. Yeah, Kyle, I mentioned that you broke my heart that day and, and you did. And the only reason is we're a innovative lens first company. And so when you called me and said, dude, these are badass. They're the most comfortable frames I've ever put on. I can wear them. They don't hurt my eyes or my nose or my ears or whatever. That's great. But how did the lens perform? You're like, ah, well, actually I like my Smith better. That's the heartbreaker, but you stuck with me. And we're able to get lenses to you for you to try in your environment, your water, to figure out which one worked for you. And, of course, you've gravitated towards a slick. And from then on, I mean, there for a while, every couple of weeks or on a weekly basis, that you'd call and there'd be a story. Oh, man, I was sitting at a cafe looking out in the, out in the harbor and, you know, meant saw this piece of structure that I'd never seen before, blah, blah, blah. Then you put on the Smith and all that. And that's really what it's all about is making sure that you guys have every advantage you can take you're utilizing the best lens for your environment for what you're chasing and as bill said it's not so much seeing fish it's about seeing structure and understanding where they're going to be and being able to differentiate distinctively where the edge of the grass beds are versus the sand potholes that is the important part that i try to stress to all my clients is um and 
And there's probably one who, who's who's going to listen to this. His name's Spencer. And uh, we were we were fishing an area, and it was not very clear water. It was very stained. Um, it was a stained color, but good clarity. And we were actually, we were sight casting redfish, but um, I was pointing out redfish and trout left and right. I was like, there's one, there's one, there's one. And he keeps looking at me, and he was like, dude, how are you seeing these? <laughs> I was like, they're right there. Like, how do you not see them? And, uh, and, and I'm, and it was, it was when I would, you know, just started wearing them, you know, I'd had them for a couple of months and, and I let him try them on and see them. And then he, he came fishing with me again a couple months later. And sure enough, he was wearing them. <laughs> he, had, he had ordered some from y'all, but I try to stress it to my clients so much as I'm like, look, like these fish that I'm seeing, like, I'm not, I'm not throwing at these fish. I was just, you know, pointing out that, that, that you could actually see them, but it's, it's the little tiny advantages that make the biggest difference. And that's what I try to get people to understand is like, can you go out and catch huge trout without expensive sunglasses? Absolutely. Can you do it without, you know, five, four or $500 rods and $15 lures and, you know, $200,000 boat? Absolutely. You can do it all day long. But when you start really getting deep into it and you get real deep into, and especially trout, there's just something about these trout that just drive us all crazy is you start looking for every little advantage you can get. And, and when you're out there and you're, you're trying to figure out an area and you're grinding and you're, you're trying to, you know, you're walking around an area that you wade all the time and you're mapping it out in your head as you're walking and you're, you're throwing into an area and you're, you're thinking, you know, I think that this area is like this. I think there's a drop off right there. I think there's a grass bed right there. And then when you go back there and, and you do have, you know, great sunglasses and the water's clear one day and you can see that everything was just how you were mapping it out in your head. And that's what you should be doing as a, as a trout angler. I don't know if I should say should, but it, it definitely helps when you're out there and you're, you're mapping these things out in your head. You're thinking about how, how your lure is acting as it's working through the water, where it's at in the water column. What, like, is it over some grass? Is it about to, are you stopping it? So it drops right on a drop off, whatever. But it is one of the most satisfying things when you go back to one of those areas on a day that you can actually see that structure and it validates what you were thinking. And it's, it's more satisfying than catching a big fish. Sometimes I'll be honest with you. Like when you go back there and you're like, wow, that little tiny gully is exactly where I thought it was without even have walked through it, you know, because you're scared to walk through it and mess it up. Or, or there is a, a little tiny pothole in that grass bed right there that I, that I was catching trout in that one day, but the water was too dirty to see it. All those little tiny things add up when, when it comes to chasing trout, especially bigger trout that are, you know, you want every advantage you can get. And, and this is, you know, these types of sunglasses and, and, you know, that expensive rod and that good braid and, and all of that, it's, it's enhancing your chances. You're spending so much time, <laughs> uh, you know, chasing this one fish that why not give yourself a, a better advantage? Down South Lures has been making lures for the inshore angler for years now, and it's easy to see why. 
from their four inch Southern shed to their much larger DSL supermodel to the three inch burner shed, their versatility is really in every angler's arsenal. Better yet, they're actually made here in the USA as well. So support this Texas brand that supports you, the fisherman. And next time, go check out the hashtag swims in a fall action on a down south floor. Real Sportswear humbly started making shirts for a few local fishermen. Rooted in simplicity and utility, Reel's minimalist approach is a reflection of what binds the fishing industry together. Now found throughout many coastal retailers, their lineup of comfortable and functional gear aims to make your time in the water a success. So next time you're gearing up, wear what guides wear and consider Reel Sportswear. Despite its unique name, Stinky Pants Fishing has been making wade fishing gear for the Texas angler for years. Located here in Texas, they make anything from boga floats to boxes, stringers to wade fishing straps, really anything that the inshore angler needs to make their time on the water more efficient and more effective. So check them out at stinkypantsfishing.com and get some equipment to make you a better wade fisherman. I wanna welcome Waterloo Rods as our season three's newest sponsor. Located in Victoria, Texas, Waterloo builds some of the most functional rods for any inshore application. Whether you're in the market for a carbon mag, an HP light, or a slam mag, or their salinity series, definitely check them out. Also, check out their Waterloo Pro Shop, which carries most, if not everything, that the inshore angler needs here along the Texas coast. So next time you're in the market for a rod, definitely check out Waterloo Rods, and you might as well fish the best. Mirror Lure is an iconic brand found in almost every inshore angler's arsenal. From their 17 or 27 MRs, to the mirror mullet or the top dog, even their soft plastic lineup, as well as the Paul Brown series fat boys. These lures have been trusted by many anglers across the Gulf Coast and beyond. So next time you're out there looking to fire up a bite, remember, tie on a mirror lure and turn on the bite. Texas Custom Lures and the original Custom Corky are back again for season three sponsors and we couldn't be more appreciative. These lures and colors, which are produced by some of the most renowned anglers up and down the Texas coast have been producing for decades. So whether it's a Double D or a Fat Boy Floater, and Plum Nasty, Texas Turnip, just to name a few, remember next time you're looking for that next big bite, the big girls aren't colorblind. One thing I don't think you and I have talked about much, Rob, and, and and Bill, you can jump in on this if you would like, but what, where, how did y'all come up with the, the colors for, for the slick lens? How, what, what, what made y'all make that lens the way it is? Because I, I've, I've since had more than just a slick lens and I like the offshore lenses as well when I'm offshore. But for me, in, in my environment, and it's important everybody realizes that, for me in my environment, the slick lens works well for, for everything like, you know, green water. You know, we call that, you know, trout green water and stain water, brown water, like everything. Uh, it, it's, it's a good advantage on all of that. But um, what, what made y'all come up with that color for the, the slick lens? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that on the front end. Then Billy's a technologist. I'll, I'll pass it off. But to kind of set this up, we're doing something different than everybody else. And, and we're formalizing, formulating lenses based on the pursuit. And we break the pursuit categories into offshore, inshore flats. We've got a light pro that we'll talk about in a second, freshwater, and then hunting and shooting. 
But within those categories, we have different lens options as well, which can be based on VLT, how much light you let in, whether it's a, a, a lens you use late in the evening, early in the morning or overcast days. But then we also have a different wavelength characteristic, spectral characteristic for each lens, again, based on the environment. And the, the proposition there is we're building purpose-built optics where everything that we're we take into the field and to the water these days has been purpose-built. I mean, in terms of the rods, I don't use the same rod when I'm typically throwing uh, to trout versus when I'm chasing chasing bass, et cetera, different reel. It's even so much as a different rod reel based on the type of lure we're throwing, right? I mean, it's different for top water sometimes versus uh, throwing a tail, et cetera. And everybody's used to that. And so we started dividing categories and, and the way we did it is trial and error understanding the spectral characteristics on a base lens and then tweaking that with uh, different filters and a little bit of mirror and adding some some dyes to come up with the appropriate uh, characteristic that that squelches some of the mutes some of the colors so you don't have too much background noise and then highlighting others and giving that uh, that contrast yeah and that's you- awesome and that's that's a that's a very good way to explain it. And, and that goes back to what I was saying before I even started using y'all, you know, when, when I was using Smith's, I, I had six pairs, you know, and it wasn't just six of the same pairs. It was, it was different. And and I do have, you know, I've got more than that of y'all's thing. I got like six or seven pairs, mm-hmm. but um, I, I like having uh, two or three extra pairs of those slicks and, and showing people the difference uh, on the boat. That's really the main reason I have a lot now, but I was just the the versatility of that lens has been has been great for me, and I and I put a lot of time in on the inshore lens after after wearing the slick for a while. It's a very very subtle difference between your inshore lens and the slick. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with either for you know trout fishing, but I think just minutely that slick that slick lens. Um, surpasses it in my eyes and in, in my area but yeah so you, you brought up the slick and the inshore so the inshore the category is inshore flats and slick is one that we've found in our coastal water in the gulf coast whether you're chasing redfish or looking for that uh that edge between grass and and a pocket slick really does well as does the if bronze that inshore flats bronze is very similar it's it's uh based on the same platform, a few tweaks here and there, a little different VLT. So they're very similar, but I gravitate towards the slick. And then we've got two other lenses. One that we we found works very well in the turtle grass and the white sand of the Caribbean. And we've got a whole bunch uh, headed with some guys uh, to Cuba this summer. We just had a bunch of lenses go down uh, with a guy fishing Patagonia. And really it gets back to that trial and error and actually testing it before we hit go on any lens platform, we spent a lot of hours looking through what they call pucks, which is just a single, almost the size of a, of a uh, Petri dish or a, or a uh, hockey puck and just looking through hundreds of different lenses and spending a lot of time on the water. Then understanding this, uh, the color spectral characterization of that particular lens and then highlighting a few more colors here and muting some other things to really dial in to the environment that we were in. And that's something I want a lot of 
our listeners to really take away from from this conversation is, um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there and, and not just sunglass companies. There's a lot of companies out there, especially in the fishing industry, that um, they just they just get product out. And, and when you get involved <clears throat> in the fishing industry itself, uh, not just being a fisherman and catching fish and posting pictures, blah, blah, blah. When you actually become part of the, the business side of it, I guess you would say, and you start working boat shows, you start working trade shows and you get involved with, um, you know, fishing companies and, and whatnot. Something you start to see is, um, and something I've definitely seen through the years is, especially at boat shows, everybody's just like, what's new, you know, what, what, what's the new thing? What, what, what's new that your company has? That's, that's what we want. That's what we want to sell this and that. That was something I got really aggravated with, uh, with the whole deal was, you know, going to these trade shows and these boat shows for, for companies. And that's just the only thing people wanted to know what's new, what's new, what's new. It's like, well, th this is still good. It's still working great. <laughs> you know, you don't, we don't, we, we didn't need to change it because it's still working great. But I think that that kind of changed things in the industry because, you know, big companies want to just kind of keep up with demand and demand wants something new so they just start spitting things out and 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 a lot of things are not field tested a lot of things do not go through the ringer and and don't do like what you're talking about i mean i i saw this firsthand rob was on my boat you know a chandelier trip this was not a business trip this was supposed to just be a, a good time you know a bunch of guys fishing having a great time and you know rob was pulling out those pucks and looking through those lenses and looking at grass and looking at this and looking at that and I honestly didn't say anything to him because I was like, I want him to put that crap up and catch fish. <laughs> but it, it was, it was very interesting to see that, you know, even while on a, on a trip that was supposed to just be, you know, a guy's trip, you just kind of relax and, and, and fish a really cool fishery that, that they were, you know, they're, they're, they're that dedicated and there's not, there's still a lot of companies in the fishing industry that are like that. There's still a lot of lure companies that actually field test things before sending them out. Uh, and you know, there's that whatever that saying is. You know, it's meant to to catch a fisherman, not a not a fish. You know, a lot of products look flashy and look cool, but that's what I really like and respect with y'all is that it's it's the opposite. It's it, we want to make sure that this works before we put it out and. Um, I want to roll into something that is is very interesting to me. I, I really like diving into the technical aspect of things. I really like what makes things tick and what makes things work. It's just kind of something I've always been a, a, a fan of. But um, I have nothing to do with it because I'm not a freshwater fisherman. But they, uh, me and Rob have had a lot of conversations about what they're doing for the, the freshwater side of the world. And um some of the lenses that they are developing uh for them and and for their uses and uh why don't y'all expand a little bit on your light pro lenses because i was really intrigued with what y'all came up with and i'll later i'll later talk on how i implemented this and in, in some of my fishing and some of my situations but um, I really thought the light pro lenses y'all came up with was was interesting. So tell us about how 
that came about and exactly what it is for everybody that doesn't know. Yeah, I'll give that to Bill, but real quick, just to set this up a little bit further is we really want to make sure we get when we're testing our product and we've got, we've got a good group out there of pros in pretty much every pursuit. We want to make sure that number one, we're not taking some ambassador in that just wants to, another brand under their belt. We want to make sure that the people that come on board with us, really believe in the product, believe in what we're doing, and we want to do better. And we want to innovate and we want to continue to innovate based on feedback, et cetera. And the Light Pro example is a great one. Yeah, I'll take that. And, and um, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot in stress within our company is uh, just what Rob was saying, the evolution of the technology. So, you know, everything in our industry is evolving just like what you're saying, you go to a boat show or, or, or a trade show and, and there's an evolution of technology. And one of the, the biggest of late is uh, the forward-facing sonar. So uh, there's a couple of companies that have good products out there. LiveScope is, is one of the big ones. Uh, Hummingbird Life has one. But the freshwater people have really started gravitating to this. And, and if you're not familiar with it, it it's it's you know, we kind of jokingly call it a video game. It's the people are uh, the bass guys and the crappie guys on the freshwater side are, are staring at this, this video monitor, if you will, uh, for hours and hours on end. And, and if you're not, if you're not doing that, if you're a tournament fisherman and you're not playing that game, well, you're probably not winning many tournaments because it, it really has, change the way that, that people fish on the freshwater side. Uh, Tyler uh, Reve just won the MLF this past weekend looking at forward-facing sonar. We have a, a pro staff guy, Hayden Jeffries, that on the crappie side, and, and the, guy, the it's young guy, and he is absolutely killing it. But what he's mastered is the technology, the live scope technology, and how to operate it uh, and how to operate it efficiently. Any, anybody can look at it, but once you get to the point where you can, you know, run that trolling motor pretty hard and go look at a fish and you can say, that's one that I'm after, or that's one that I'm not after by, you can determine the size of it because of the, the gradients and graphs on the, on the graph itself. So uh, one of the things that, that we really, have done with Zeiss and, and kudos to our, our friends over in the re- research and development department of Zeiss is we've created a feedback loop with them. And like what Rob was saying, we want ambassadors, we want pro staff guys out there that give us the feedback. And so the, the feedback that you give Kyle, just the same as, as people that we trust, what we do is we take that feedback and we give it to Zeiss and Zeiss creates new formulations based on the data points that we give them. And so usually it begins with um, the environmental data. So just like what you were talking about, all right, we got stained water, we got clear water, we got, you know, grass pockets, we got a sandy bottom, we've got bright sunny days, we got overcast, we've got these environmental conditions that we're trying to pull together and trying to manipulate that color spectrum so that we give you the best sight picture into that particular environment. And, and it is an evolution. We, you know, you ask how we got to this point. Well, we, we've looked at a thousand lenses in, in, in shore and flats. 
looking at redfish, looking at trout, and seeing which ones work. So typically the way it works is Zeiss will send us a deck of, of pucks, and we'll go out and we'll fish, but we're, we're really just looking through lenses and looking at, at fish and seeing what, what makes it pop and what doesn't make it pop. And so we come across a lot of lenses that don't make the cut, and we just we scrap them. And we take that data back to Zeiss and we say, you know, these, these 10 lenses performed well. These 35 did not perform well in that particular environment. And so they take the, the characteristics of those particular lenses and then they modify them. And then they send us another deck of lenses and we go back out there. And this is a, a process that takes place over, over several months. It's not a, not a quick process where we are out in the water looking through these lenses, trying to find which lenses perform better. We, a good example is we had a, a new duck hunting lens and we sent it out to, um, golly, Rob, I don't know how many, probably 10 different ambassadors that we have that are hardcore duck hunters and turns out it didn't make the cut. You know, some of the guys like certain aspects of it and some of them didn't like certain aspects of it. And then of course, Rob and I uh, spent a lot of time in a duck blind looking at ducks, trying to figure out which ones work good and which ones don't. And sometimes lenses make it and sometimes they don't. And you've kind of gravitated toward the slick lens and it's one that has kind of risen above the rest in our inchworm flats. Uh, But what people find out is that as you change the environmental characteristics, we may have another lens that performs better. And so what I always tell people, you know, is, is if they call in is, you know, we try to figure out what type of water you're fishing in. And then we try to push you towards a lens that it's going to perform better in that particular environment. So if you are uh, chasing bonefish in the Bahamas, you probably don't want the same lens as if you're chasing trout or redfish in the chandelier. So uh, that's kind of the evolution of, of how it all comes together and, and how we use this feedback loop that Zeiss has created with us. Yeah. And we've got a, we've got a really good innovation engineering agreement with Zeiss and, and to the back to your question about the light pro, that was a problem that we took to them and said, here, this is what these guys are facing and I'll explain that problem in a minute. Do you have a solution? And, and as Billy said, they're playing a video game and they're looking at the graph, you know, throughout the entire day. The problem is the graph itself has a polarized film on it and you're looking at up through a polarized lens. You get that what we call a polar polar blackout. It overlaps and you can't see your graph. And so worst case scenario, these guys are taking their glasses off and looking at that at that uh, graph by without any protection whatsoever and just burning their eyes up or they're flipping off and on through trying to look through the lens and just knocking them, knocking them out, uh, doing gymnastics just to be able to see their graph. So we took it to Zeiss and said, can you fix this? And they came back and what they came back with was a uh, semi polarized lens where they reached the actual breaking point of that polar polar blackout where you can see your graphs as good as you could with the naked eye, but you've got some of the characteristics of a polarized lens knock down the glare and it's been on run. And what's interesting kind of proved it out in the bass world this Sunday when Tyler won the uh, Bassmaster elite opener there in Lake Okeechobee. The thing about Okeechobee is 
everybody uses uh, forward-facing sonar when they're fishing rock pile or they're fishing brush pile or they're they're fishing some kind of underwater structure. You can see even casting under the docks, you can see whether the fish are there. Okeechobee is just a big old wide open grass flat and nobody expected somebody to use forward facing sonar much less wind on a big old flash uh, uh grass flat and tyler proved him wrong i mean weighed almost seven, 87 pounds and he did it the entire time looking uh at that sonar and guess That's what awesome. we've got a lens for that yeah and i was uh something i started using it for uh, which I was, I was very interested about is, um, you know, coming from an aviation background, I know it, it sounds a little boring, but I'm, I'm pretty big on safety. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of, a lot of things happen that shouldn't have happened. And, uh, just kind of, you get, you get safety in, engraved in your soul whenever you work in aviation, if you actually, actually care about it. But, um, Running through the fog, I think, is a is a is a huge risk that a lot of anglers aren't really taking seriously. And I saw it down in Port Mansfield this year. Uh, while I was in Port Mansfield, a, a boat ran into another one, and thank thank God everybody was okay, um, barely. But I was able to talk to them, you know, afterwards, and it was really surprising for me to see down there and and a lot on the texas coast is, is none of those guys have radar and and i'm sitting you know i'm sitting at blues with with mike mcbride and jay watkins and 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 my buddy shane and we're talking with everybody and they're like oh we can't have radar you know this and that and i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> like y'all have y'all have you know these bars going across the top of your uh the top of your console like it is slap a radar on it and it plugs into your gps you know i was very surprised to see a lot of people running through there without radar because it's, it's not, you know, that you, that you have a good track and you're following that track and you're not worried about hitting something. It's the other boats out there that you don't know about that you're, that you need to be worried about the barges, the other people running and, uh, and, and running through the fog is, 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 is really risky. You know, I, I know other captains around here that have had problems and, and hit things and even, even with radar, but, um, something I found really interesting with, with that is when you're running through the fog is, um, you, you have to, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a juggling match. You've, you've got to be able, even, even though you can't see much in front of you, you, you have to keep looking in front of you and you have to look at your instruments. It, it's just part of it. Even when you have radar, you have your radar pulled up. You know, if you have radar overlay, you have that over your, your map and you can kind of, it kind of helps you out with, with seeing things, but you need to be able to see both and, and something <clears throat> with something with the uh, fog is that, you know, fog is just a bunch of reflections of, of light, the water molecules, you know, in the air. And so one thing you do to combat that is, is polarization. So, the, those light pros are absolutely perfect for it because you can look straight, you can see through the fog further, and you can look down your instruments and and see your instruments and make sure you're where you need to be and you can look at your radar and everything. That was something that I found uh, really interesting. But speaking of Texas and, and fishing down in Texas, um, I wore my slick lens down there in Mansfield, and believe it or not, Mansfield's very similar to Chandelier uh, as far as the water. Uh, the water can definitely be a lot clearer at Chandelier, but the water is very clear 
in Mansfield, but um, along the Texas coast uh, where y'all fish and and where a, a lot of your other ambassadors and all that fish, what kind of seems to be the go-to lens down there um, for for your Texas guys? Is it the slick lens, or is it is it is it a certain lens for baffin, or a certain lens for somewhere else? What's y'all's feedback y'all've got on that? Yeah, good question. And and we're 22 months into this, um, and we're, we're there's a lot of still trying to figure it out. I can tell you that you can't go wrong with the slick and and the IF bronze. Again, they're they're, they're built on the same platform. Um, so you can't go wrong either way, but just from a, uh, I hate to do a commercial here, but just so your listeners know, we, you got a 30 day money back fishing guarantee. So if you pick a lens, it's not working for you. It's not the best thing you ever thought you could get out of a, out of a lens, man, we got your back, uh, either we'll refund the money or if you pick a frame, it doesn't fit, we'll re- refund your money or we'll swap it out either way. So you're, it's safe regardless what you decide on. But I steer our customers to slick and IF bronze for our water. And we've got some folks up in Virginia that they speak very highly of that same lens. And, and I know it works really well in your water as well. But um, we'll work with you and make sure we get you in the right one. So it's a funny story about that. And, and I want to reiterate what you said. I'm, I'm not trying to do a commercial. And that, that's not what this whole podcast is about. It, it, it's about you know, the technicality of, of all this stuff and, and how y'all are doing something that uh, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that no other sunglass company is doing in the fishing world is, is putting that much time and everything into it. But um, I actually had a friend of mine message me a while back. I don't even know if I told y'all about this, but, um, and I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to, <laughs> but he, uh, he got a lens and he actually didn't just didn't fish for like the first 30 days or something. And he, um, he ended up going out fishing and, uh, it was after the 30 day mark. And, uh, he, he sent this all to me in a text and I absolutely loved it. And this is why I like being involved with companies that have people like y'all behind it, because this is the kind of stuff that really makes me feel good is that he didn't fish for like the first 30 days or whatever, went out fishing and it turned out it it wasn't the lens for him. And he contacted y'all and told y'all that he was like, look, I I wasn't able to fish that first 30 days. You know, this isn't really um, the best lens for me, this and that. And y'all still honored it. And we're like, Hey, just send those back. Let's, let's get you another pair. And, uh, and y'all did. And even, I think Bill gave him like a, uh, a handwritten letter, which everybody that I know that <laughs> buys a pair of sunglasses from y'all and y'all give them that handwritten letter, thanking them. They absolutely love that. It's the funniest thing is that whenever, whenever somebody orders a pair and they, they, I, I don't know how many messages I have in my phone of the picture of y'all's little letter. And they're like, look how cool this is. They wrote me a letter and I don't want to be like, well, I think they do that for everybody, <laughs> but I don't know if y'all do or not, but, uh, but they really do like it. And uh, I thought that was, that's the kind of stuff that really gets me excited about being involved with certain companies is that y'all, y'all still honored that. And we're like, well, let's, let's get you the right pair in your hand. And this wasn't, you know, this wasn't like some big time guide or some, you know, it was just a guy, just a guy that, a guy that fishes that, that ordered some sunglasses from y'all and that didn't work out and y'all still honored it. And I I thought that was really awesome. You you know, Kyle, it's a good point because when it comes down to it, that's, that's what Rob and I were just, 
just a guy that likes to fish, just a couple guys that like to fish. And that's where, you know, getting back to the beginning of the show, that's where this all started. So, you know, if, if you're not happy, we want you to be happy. That That's, that's the bottom line. So while, yeah, we want to make some money at this and we, because we want to be successful and, and make this product grow and make this product line grow. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about, you know, what we call making the most of every opportunity. It's about, uh, guys that are happy and that can go out and, and, and gals too. I'm not saying guys in the, in, the, in that sense of the word, but anybody can go out, anglers can go out and go fishing and make the most of every opportunity. And that's, that's really what we want. So, you know, we're, we're pretty hardcore about our, our return policies being open. And, you know, if, if there's a failure in the product, or you you have that thirty day window, which we typically extend quite a bit, um, but we want you to have the product that works for you, and that's what it comes down to. And we want feedback. I mean, we want every one of you guys to help us get better and, and provide a better product. And really, that's how we do. is It's how we innovate. It's based on learning about stories of, of what worked, what didn't work, et cetera, and just trying to always make that better land so everybody has a better a better experience. I mean, the worst thing you can do is when you go fishing or you go hunting and, and something doesn't perform and uh, it really degradates that entire experience. Um, we spend a lot of time and money chasing this stuff. You might as well make the most of it. Yeah, no doubt, man. And I, I kind of want to close with this. I, I like to, um, I like for, Anytime I do these podcasts, I like for them to be informative and, and I like for people to learn. And um, I already knew this, but um, it's something that I think it's a big marketing thing. And I think it's something that really needs to be kind of debunked here. And, and I know Rob and I have talked about this a lot. And Bill, uh, feel free to jump in on this, but leave our listeners with one thing about um the color of lenses of sunglasses that you buy, the outside part. Uh, Rob, I think you know what I'm talking about, but um, y'all, y'all just kind of, kind of jump on that and and let people know uh, about that because it's. I feel like it was a marketing tactic that's been instilled in people's brains, and I want people to realize that there's there's more to it than just the color of the mirror of your lens. Yeah, you're gonna get me high on my soapbox at this point. So you don't you don't have to, but I, like I said, I I would love for people to to realize that you know uh, the marketing's a very it's it's intriguing to me uh, marketing tactics and things like that. There's a lot of to a lot of it's psychological, but um, but just you know that's just yeah. one of those things that drives me crazy. So I no, want you just kind of jump on that first. It's so. good, and, and and for the audience, Bill and I when we were fishing professionally on on the sport boat we were we were sponsored by costa and I, I was bound and determined to come on this podcast and not mention the c word or anything else but since it's out it's out um we've been led astray and the marketing pitch is from the fashion brands is you need a green lens for inshore you need a blue lens for offshore and what they're talking about is the mirror on the front which has the most the least amount to do with the sight picture and what you need for a specific water. And and to pick on one specifically, beyond just the mirror, it's the 580 piece of it, just to get a little techie for a second. 580 is the spot and the color spectrum wavelength 
uh, at number 580 is where the yellow creeps in. And so what they're doing is muting that yellow part of the color spectrum. That may be great and offshore, but when you're trying to find the, the, the distinction between the grass and a sand pocket, you need a little bit of that yellow. Likewise, you need a little bit of a different colorization in the freshwater world. You need something different completely fishing on the flats of Andros and turtle, turtle grass, chasing bonefish. And so our lenses, each one of them has a completely different uh, spectral uh, colorization and the wavelength. And we do that specifically based on the environment. Yeah. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier and, and what I see and, and, and something everybody needs to understand is it could be different in your waters and where you're at. But what I see with the slick lens is it amplifies greens and that is huge for where I fish and, and how I fish because part of fishing where I fish is, um, pretty much two things you got to find and that's clean water and bait and, and and you don't necessarily have to have the clean water but it is it is very instrumental to success where i'm at and our clean water usually has some um has some green to it so um i really hope that everybody learned a little bit uh about all of this and uh, about sunglasses and lenses uh there's a lot more to it than just you know Hey, these look cool. The mirror looks cool. You know, this mirrors for that. It's not really that there's a, there's a lot to it. And, and I hope it's something that people will consider, you know, adding to their arsenal and, and helping them with, with targeting the big trout and, and feel free to reach out to, to Robin Bill at, at hook and bullet. And, and they will, they will treat like they were just saying they're, they're two guys that like to fish. And as you can tell, you know, they're, they're ate up with it. Just like, all of us, probably everybody listening and they love talking about it and they love answering questions and, and making sure that you get the lens that's going to, that's going to work for you. And I think that's really cool. And I think that's something that a, a lot of other companies have got away from, you know, try to call, call some of these other companies and talk to them about the lens that you need for your area and let me know how that goes, because I don't, uh, I don't think you're going to get much feedback, but Guys, I really enjoyed uh, interviewing y'all on here, and um, uh, I really appreciate everything y'all do for the fishing community and um, and being a part of. And that's something I didn't touch on, which I kind of, I guess, I'll kind of close with is uh, Robin and Bill are, are big on the conservation side of things, and and that was something that really just kind of checked all the boxes for me with with getting involved with them is. Um, is that something I'm, I'm kind of big on with, with, with companies I'm involved with nowadays is, you know, I don't, I don't want to be involved with a company that's, that, that's not on the same, same wavelength as I am. And, and they definitely are. And, and Rob proved that without keeping a single fish at Chandelier for two days, which he could have kept plenty if he wanted to, but um, not, not that it's a big deal, but, but they are big on, on the conservation side and, and, and promoting catch and release and, that's just another another check in the box for me. Well, we were on the front end of uh, the Billfish Foundation and tag and release program years and years ago, and it's it's exciting to see it. We've we've got a resource that we got to protect and keep what as as Chris says, keep what you need, let go of the rest, and and uh, that's kind of our mantra as well. Now, real quick, I'll tell you if you're in the Houston area next week, um, we'll be at the fishing show. Stop by. Come drink a beer with us. Talk about PBO. We'd love to have you. Yeah.
That's awesome. When uh, what are the dates for that for for those of us that aren't over that way? It's it's a big show. It starts on Wednesday and goes through Sunday. Five days. Wednesday. What what date is that? What date? I think it's the first through the fifth, if I'm if March I remember 1st. correctly, yeah. Kyle. Gotcha. Okay. So that's March first through March fifth, uh, Houston. Where where is that show at? George R. Brown, the big gotcha. convention center. It's downtown, downtown Houston. Cool. So anybody in the area, uh, if you enjoyed this and you want to talk to these guys or learn more about it, see some of the, y'all. I would assume y'all are going to have all your lenses, everything at the show. Yep. We'll be cool. uh, so, yeah. out. Awesome. Well, if anybody's in the area during then, definitely check them out. Holler at these guys. Um, I don't think I'm going, I was going to try and make that show. Uh, I'm not sure I can, I might. Uh, I got to talk with Chris Bush and see if maybe he'll let me crash at his place and we can go <laughs> check it out. I don't know how that's going to go, but I, I, I really would like to go over there and check it out uh, if, if I can. But, um, but look, guys, I really appreciate the conversation. And as I said, I hope everybody learned a little bit from this. That was kind of really my intent was, was everybody kind of learning something about something they, they maybe didn't know much about. I don't, I don't feel like there's a lot of information out here on, on all of this. It's, it's, it might seem like a little small thing, but it could mean the difference between, you know, not catching anything and catching the fish of a lifetime in my eyes. Uh, every little advantage you can get helps. So uh, appreciate have appreciate you guys coming on and uh, good luck at the fishing show. And anybody that's listening that wants to talk with these guys, be sure to go over there and harass them and bother them and, uh, I don't know, punch punch Rob in the arm for me or something and say this is from Kyle. <laughs> Heck, I'll do that. I'll take that job. <laughs> All hey, right, Kyle, guys. We, we appreciate it. This was this is a lot of fun, and we uh, we're really excited to be on your podcast and and hope everybody learns something from it. And certainly, give us a call or come by and see us. Our our website, by the way, is is uh, I'll let you know is hookandbullet.life. It's not .com. That's a a different website so if uh you want to visit the website or call us or come by the show we'd, we'd love to visit with you all right so that's hookandbullet.life and then uh y'all's instagram y'all's instagram is hookandbulletlife correct that's correct that's correct right, and cool. on facebook yeah. we're hookandbullet hookandbullet all right just trying to confuse everybody here aren't you <laughs> yeah yeah well you got to take kind of what's available sometimes <laughs> i got you <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in and, uh, we'll see you on the next podcast.